Back to Africa knows. We have another fascinating guest today, Dr. Ishmael Bala, a writer, poet, translator, and literary scholar who recently published his first poetry collection, Line of Sight. Gaddafi talks to him about his own work, about the literary scene of northern Nigeria, as well as the fate of African academia and Nigerian unity, and all that in under 30 minutes. So here is Dr. Bala. During my undergraduate uh, years, um, I was looking forward to finishing my degree. And then my father wanted to pay up for me to go to University of Lagos uh, for my master's. But as Fed would have it, after I graduated, the department where I graduated from asked me to come back and do what in Nigeria we call uh, the NYC, the National uh, Service. And, uh, while I was doing the National Service in the department, uh, there were well, there, there was no formal uh, call for, uh, there was no formal job offer, but given the fact that the two of us were doing our national assignment in the department and we were judged to be very good material for lecture lecturership, we were employed even before we finished our NYAC. That was how I found myself in the academia, purely by him, by accident. <laughs> See. Yeah, <laughs> that is interesting. So what are your research interests? Uh, I mostly taught courses in the uh, African literature and literary theory. But my, my research focus is actually on modern and contemporary poetry and philosophy. That's the main area that I focus on. And uh, what are the research questions, topics, and methods you find interesting? Well, um, for one, I was still I'm interested in what we call post-structuralism and the attendant theories that arose out of post-structuralism, such as post-modernism, especially uh, post-colonialism. I am interested in what we call the other in in. In literature from marginalized uh, societies, African literature, literature by the minorities, the post-colonial question, the the, the marginal voices in world literature. I'm, these are things that I'm really interested uh, in. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Nigerian academia in general? What is your perception of it? <laughs> I wish this is a trick question, but <laughs> okay. unfortunately, it's not a trick question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say that um, Nigerian academia is very sad to note that it's not what, ish, what it is, it's not where it should be. It's plagued by so many contradictions, by so many inconsistencies, by so many problems. Much of this problem self-inflicted. It's driven by contradiction, by existential crisis if I, I should I should say it has great promise but that is it it only has great promise you can't say that it's academia in the proper sense of the word uh, as my friend professor IBK used to say you have lecturers who are civil servant with a teaching function there are less more than civil servants with a teaching function. Uh, research is almost dead. 
there's no academic culture the students are only there for the certificate government is not interested the larger society is not interested uh, the academics themselves are only there because probably they don't have any other job other than that uh, it's just a classic case of bread and butter people are teaching are employed in the academia simply because they don't have any other place to work uh, in if they have other places probably they would have they would have uh, quickly moved there the problem is exacerbated by incessant strike issuing from government nonchalant attitude and there are so many other related uh, uh, issues and uh, problems. We, we want to hear the issues in detail sir <laughs> you could say that the academic academics themselves are not productive okay they are not productive okay the condition for they are being productive is there even if it is in theory if you compare uh, the 1970s and the 1980s yeah. which you could say is the golden era of the nigerian academia where you have so many noted academics who are well known throughout the world who are writing past-breaking papers from and uh, they're taking uh, past-breaking researches exactly the pay that was very meager was very poor there was no internet then there was no computer then I mean, there, there are so many things that we take for granted now that were not available to the academics in the 1970s and the 1980s. But they were real academics. They were researchers that could teach anywhere in the world. But if you compare the present with the 70s and the 80s, could you say that Nigerian academics are up to the standard of the academics in the 70s and 80s? Do we have academics who could teach anywhere in the world yes we have very few of them the few we have they have relocated to the west either in europe or in in america those who are left behind some are many are very good let me make this very clear that we have very very good academics but probably they are stunted they are demotivated stunted they are gross as academic stunted by some of the problem I mentioned earlier. Exactly. Government does not help matters because uh, if you go to a, a typical public university, there are no facilities, electricity is rushing, there's no internet, the books in the libraries are outdated, there is no attempt to modernize the library, there is no academic culture, which is beyond building. We think yeah. that university uh, is just the building with a large gate very vast expanse of land like uh, Amadivella University in Zaria or like uh, Bayra University New Side. Okay. But that's not a university. If you go to other parts of the world, you will see very, very small universities. I studied in Oxford. Okay. Oxford is made up of colleges and each college is smaller than, probably smaller than a typical department. Mm -hmm. But Oxford is world class. I'm not exactly. making a comparison between Nigerian universities and Oxford. There is something that makes universities tick, which is the culture. Yeah which is inherent, which is built, scholarship uh, culture. But that culture is either totally absent or it's just a semblance of it there. So these are some of the problems that really uh, overshadow 
the growth, if any, of uh, the Nigerian academia. Yes. Uh, so what do you think Nigerian universities, uh, how do you think Nigerian universities have developed over the decades? Well, they are very slow to uh, develop. You could see development in two sense. Two sense. One is uh, how many universities were established over the years. Uh, if you are talking about how many universities are established over the years, you could say that there is a massive growth. But if you are talking about intellectual and scholarly development, the development of research, academic culture that I talked about, uh, intellectual tradition, uh, I think there isn't any probably. Mm. You see some, there are some universities that stand out, okay. University of Ipe, Amadibele University, all the universities, uh, probably University of Eloran, and to large extent, extent Bayer University. University of Bidendal, there are very few of, few of them, okay. but the majority, you cannot okay. say the same about the majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, that's, the debates around decolonizing the academy, mm -hmm. uh, does this mean something to you? Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. I'm familiar with the decolonization of English studies in Kenya, uh, spearheaded by the great Kenyan novelist Mbugi Wathiongo. I think it started in the 1970s and the 80s, and it led to a massive revolution in the curricula. Uh, before, what you find out is that if you take a typical English department, uh, the curriculum consists of mostly dead white authors, uh, British, uh, uh, to some extent American literature, and then there's a lot of uh, Greek, probably Latin literature. The whole curriculum is is white. There is no even eye service to other literatures. But gradually, uh, things have changed. Uh, you could say that uh, the curriculum has been overhauled completely. But in terms of how universities are run, the system, I think there is still that uh, colonial. Mentality, I would say. If you look at Nigerian universities, we operate mostly the American uh, semester system. Yeah. But before it was the British system. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there was no attempt to look at this system critically and see whether they truly uh, apply to our situation. Mm. I don't think that there's been any cell like that. Even if there is, probably it's a long way uh, back. But presently, uh, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing like that. In terms of, in terms of theories, in terms of research uh, questions, research concepts, uh, I don't think there's any attempt to decolonize uh, the university. We we are still like an appendages of Western universities as far as uh, the reading uh, theories and passion and parts in the academia are concerned. Uh, do you see inequalities in the global structure of research and teaching? Uh, definitely, okay. definitely, okay. definitely. You only hear about people who are in the Western universities, uh, even if they are Africans. Uh, okay. The chances of an academic making a name of himself lies uh, largely in uh, immigrating to Western universities. Okay. You are more likely to get published in all the top journals, or you are more likely to get a grant, you are more likely to get notice okay. 
if you are in Western University, even if what you are doing in a local local African universities is was noted, uh, that is a classic uh, uh, bias, uh, I would say. Okay. Uh, what should be done about it? Well, what should be done is to fund the universities uh, to make teaching in African universities conducive and attractive. Uh, we've talked about the problem of African universities in the past, uh, for example, strike, industrial action. Uh, lecturers are still fighting the government for a better pay, for a pay rise, for equipment, for research grants. Some basic, basic sense that if you are in a Western universities, you may take for granted it's not available here. Now, how do you how do you become an academic? How do you become a scholar? How do you make an name for yourself when you don't even have the current journal in your field? When you don't have access to databases? When you can't attend conference even locally within Nigeria, you cannot attend conference. You cannot be trained outside uh, the country. There's no way we could have. A proper university, yeah. unless we work out to the fact that the university it's uh, capital intensive and it requires a lot of uh, effort, not just uh, financial uh, efforts, but a lot of efforts. We will not reach uh, that height. Uh, is there research or are there concepts that you feel is excluded from the view of uh, global academia? Yes, I would say that much of what is fashionable in terms of theory, in terms of research uh, concepts, intellectual uh, debates are beyond us. It's, when I say they are beyond us, I don't mean that we could not comprehend them or we could not take part in it. But there is inherent racism, quote unquote, in that academics outside the Western universities either are looked down open or are not given the credit they deserve and because much of this debate and research is going on in high impact journals that are beyond African universities many academics are not even aware about recent trends in their own field because they don't have access to the journal in which this uh, current trends are taking exactly. place the discussion that is going on are beyond them in the sense that they are not involved, they cannot attend conferences, or they are not part of research groups. Even if they are invited to take part, they may not have the financial wherewithal to take part in. So there are so many areas in which uh, African academics are excluded. Exactly. Uh, and do you feel that there are dominant approaches to research and knowing that exclude other forms? Yeah, again, I would say Western world. Okay. Uh, uh, the dominant Western research concept. Okay. Uh, they are dominant, they are behemoths in such a way that they don't give any possibility to an alternative other than Western conception of research and knowledge. Again, even if you develop, say, an African idea, an African concept, it's more likely to die quietly because you may not have the right platform to amplify that idea. If it is scientific uh, possibility, a scientific proposition, probably you may not have the right uh, laboratory to carry out that. So you will just die with your with your idea. It's all part of the problem I, I mentioned uh, earlier about African universities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, 
let's discuss some of your publications. Yeah. Well, you have published a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, would like you to share with us some of your well, publications. I, yeah. <laughs> I have a different conception of publication from okay. the rest of my colleagues. Okay. Unfortunately, most of us here in Nigeria, I don't yeah. know about other African countries, <laughs> we publish solely for the purpose of promotion. People only get uh, busy yeah. uh, when research, uh, when promotion um, uh, exercise so is fast approaching. Yeah. Uh, we only publish to get promoted. I don't see uh, myself in that uh, regard. Okay. I do uh, publish quite a lot and in different journals, both in Nigeria and abroad. I am a poet, so I publish a lot of uh, poetry and creative writing. Exactly. I, I do translation, so I publish some of my translation. I do bibliographic essays. I have undertaken interviews with writers. I have done a lot of book reviews. Yeah. This is one area in which uh, here in Nigeria we don't pay much attention to. Okay. Uh, people don't uh, actually uh, see book reviewing as a viable academic uh, exactly. exercise. Exactly. Probably because uh, most universities' uh, promotion guidelines do look down open book reviews. Mm. So I do a lot of book reviews. Yeah. I also do traditional essays uh, on African literature, on African poets, on Western, uh, because my specialization, my master's is on British poetry, so I did a lot of uh, research on British yes. and American poetry. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a, a best poem among your <laughs> among the many <laughs> no. you have written? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I've just published a collection uh, last year. Okay. I would say the whole collection is what I would regard as. Okay. It's very difficult for a creative writer to single out a particular work and say that this is the best. Okay. I could do that, but I think I would not be fair okay. <laughs> to what I have done. Okay. So I would say what I, I, I like what I have published so, so far. Okay. Yeah. As far as creative writing is okay. concerned. Yes. Okay. You are one of the head of the. Uh, Nigerian Authors Associ Association, yeah, Kano yeah, State chapter. Yeah, what is your perception uh, on the Hausa writers? What we call Kasuari Kano. Mm -hmm. We yeah. have Kano is the center, okay. the center of what is called Kano market uh, literature. It's basically a romance uh, uh, novels okay. that are published mostly by ladies. Uh, it has been going on for about thirty years or so. Uh, there's a lot of debate because some people see it as corrupting uh, the use. Uh, people see literature from this part of the world as a purely moral issue. But despite attempt to ban it, despite the incessant criticism by Islamic clerics, by the larger society, by the media, the, the literature persists. Uh, one curious thing that you may have noticed being in Kano is that Almost all radio stations here in Kano, and we have about 22 or so FM stations in Kano. Each one of these has a program where these novels are serialized. Okay, these house novels. Yeah, they are serialized daily. They are so, so, so popular. Uh, I was told, I've never seen it, but I was told that there are some people who record each episode. And then they will merge everything together, and people do go to the market, to the shop to buy flash drives in which uh, this uh, uh, serialization are dumped, okay. and they listen to it uh, in their leisure. We have informal book clubs in Kano. Mm. We have uh, 
uh, we have uh, shops where you could go and exchange your books with a new one. Mm. You could go there, pick up these books, and they are usually published in parts, part mm. one, part two, part, part three, part four. Mm. They are not so more than novelists. Okay. And they are very cheap. Okay. They are affordable. Mm. So you could buy them for like, say, 500 Naira, and then after you are done, you can return them. And then you can pick up uh, another set for a nominal fee. So it's really an interesting sociological uh, develop, literary uh, development which should be uh, researched, which should be looked at with some, uh, with some concern. Okay. Uh, it also needs support because all this is done in an informal yeah. uh, basis without any help from the government. Okay. Yes. Okay. What of the English writers? Yeah. Probably, we have a lot of them, but they tend to be mostly young, impressionable writers, okay. mostly students from the two or three universities in Kano City. Okay. Uh, they are what you could call rough diamonds. They are just raw talents that are looking for, uh, for ways to, to improve their writing. And that is where the Association of Nigerian Authors come into, comes into play. Uh, it provides a platform for these writers to come and present uh, their work in a form of a critique session. Yeah. They call it Creative Writers Forum, which holds every last uh, Saturday of the month, which uh, okay. is today. Yeah. Uh, even earlier uh, today, we, we had a, a session exactly. where these writers come and present their work, and you have established writers and academics who will critique, subject the writings to criticism. From time to time, the association publishes an anthology, and even now they are in the process of publishing uh, another anthology of consistent of the writings of these uh, writers. So, uh, what are the major challenges you are facing as a writer, as an author? <laughs> there are a lot of challenges. Okay. Uh, the most prominent challenge is uh, lack of publishing outlets. Okay. It's a lack of publishing outlets. Um, from the 1980s, when the Nigerian economy collapsed, uh, we used to have a lot of multinational publishers. Okay. Uh, with the collapse of the Nigerian economy in the 1980s, most of them left the country. The few that remain, they are only interested in publishing textbooks because that's school textbooks. School textbooks yeah. because that's where the market is. Okay. Uh, during the military era, one uh, fashionable trend was biographies or hagiographies of military rulers. Now we don't have that. Now because of the democratization of the internet, I should say, uh, there are so many online journals and online platforms where writers could publish their work, but publishing online is not the same as the traditional uh, uh, brick and mortar publishing. Uh, people are always looking for place to uh, publish their work and one solution to that is what we call uh, self-publishing okay. uh, which is not a very good thing to do because you'll have to shoulder the responsibilities of everything you are the publisher you are the printer you are the author you are the marketer and in the end what you publish may turn out to be very bad okay. not saying that there are no very good self-publisher books there may be some but most of what is self-published is really bad so the fundamental challenge facing writers is lack of publishing uh, out, out from. Thank God now we have, as I said, 
a lot of platforms where you can publish. There are so many writers' bodies, and these writers' bodies do have one outlet or another for publishing. Okay. Uh, uh, their members are writers. There, there are other, other, there are other challenges. We don't have functional residency program. We don't have uh, okay. journals where writers could showcase uh, their talent. We have very few literary uh, prizes. Okay. Uh, these are some of the problems facing uh, creative writers in the country. Okay. So, uh, the current happenings in the mm. country, uh, do you think Nigerians' unity is negotiable or non-negotiable? <laughs> well, I think it's preposterous. You don't force people to stay together. Yeah. Nigeria was an amalgamation of uh, uh, different protectorates that were brought together by force by the British. The marriage obviously is not working. We don't have to kill each other. Okay. If it is not working, let's go our separate way amicably. We don't have to force any part of the country to belong if it does not want to continue to be part of the federation. We don't have less, let, let there be a referendum. Those who want to remain in the country, let it remain. Yeah. I personally don't believe that the Igbos, for example, really yeah. want to secede from Nigeria. Okay. I think it's just a political gimmick. Okay. Whenever an election is around the corner, yeah. uh, certain parts of the country that may miss out on the bigger picture will just uh, initiate a pulse agitation for independence. Uh, suppose an Igbo person is going to be elected to be a president of Nigeria, you will not hear about the, uh, the separatist agenda again. The same with the Yorubas. So I think it's just a political gimmick. But if it is true that certain parts of the country wants to go their separate way, let, let, let it be. We don't have to shed blood because of Nigeria's unity. There is no unity. Let's not deceive ourselves. It's only when we are singing the national anthem or when the national... Uh, football team yeah. is playing. That's when we are united. That's when we forget that uh, we are houses, we are Igbos, we are Yorubas. But beyond that, Nigeria's unity is just a sham. I think it's only on paper, really. Let's not deceive ourselves. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, uh, lastly, mm. I would like to hear uh, your view on feminism issue in northern Nigeria. <laughs> well, I wish again, I wish it's also a trick question. <laughs> well, uh, well we have feminist agitation. Okay. Uh, there are many young ladies, not so young ladies, who are suddenly okay. uh, conscious about feminism. Yeah. I subscribe to the idea that no society will develop if it does not allow its woman a free hand, if it does not carry women along. But the problem with the so-called feminists is that they don't even know what is feminism. Okay. They sing vilifying men, insulting men okay. is feminism. Okay. If at all there is patriarchy in northern Nigeria, and I'm not denying that there isn't, the best way to go about it is to indulge in some kind of a soul searching conversation between the different sexes. Mm. We have a problem. Let's make a conscious effort to conquer conscientize the younger ones, even ourselves. Women have their rights, let's give them their rights. Let's not condone violence against women. Let's help our women to develop. And the women let them understand that 
some cultural trends trends and trends could not be changed overnight let there be legislation where women are at the receiving end of abuse for example let there be affirmative action for the development of the society for the development of the woman but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a shouting match between men and women it shouldn't be uh, one against the other let's understand ourselves let's understand the kind of society in which we live you can't unravel thousand years uh, of cultural trends i'm not saying that we should just fold our arm and continue like we are no 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 if there are things that need to be changed let it be changed if there are some cultural practices that are inimical to women let let us do away with it but in an amicable civilized manner feminism is not about shouting down men it's not about vilifying men it's not about insulting men uh, it's not about ascribing all kind of problem to men yeah. women yeah. themselves yeah. have their own problem exactly men too have their own problem so let let us even understand feminism another thing is people are horrified with feminism because they see feminism as a western conception as a western uh, conception there is no attempt by the feminists to show that they are not militant feminism or at least they are not feminism feminist in the western sense of the word but they are for women progress for women development they are not like that but the kind of feminists we have here are feminists who want to revolt against the status quo they just want to revolt for the sake of revolting exactly for the sake of revolting okay. some okay. kind of a female uh, female uh, coup against against men something like that that's my own problem with feminism but there are some some people who are very enlightened about about it they are very enlightened about it okay okay thank you very much sir thank you so very grateful Thank you for listening to this Africa Knows podcast. If you want to know more, visit africanose.eu and we'll talk to you again soon.